Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ready or Not. Today, we're talking about artificial accountability. Let's get into it. All righty, everybody. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about accountability, accountability groups, accountability partners, um, and should you have them. Okay, now, before you get uh, too frustrated or nervous, full of fear. I absolutely believe in accountability, uh, but I believe in biblical accountability. I believe in accountability that brings health and strength and encouragement and direction. And I have seen, I can tell you from the outside looking in, uh, which I think sometimes is the best perspective, so many versions of accountability and the destruction or the lack of momentum that exists in people's lives because it is a counterfeit version. It's an imitation of what should really be going on. Um, talk about imitation. I remember, gosh, years ago now, uh, my wife, right, my whole family, really, but we love you know crab legs. You can go to the store, pick them up, boil them up, and boom, you're good. And for her birthday. Uh, we cook steak and crab, and I thought, like, oh, I'm going to change it up. And instead of getting crab legs, I bought this crab meat that was already packaged, and I was going to go home, uh, just warm it up. It uh, turns out, you probably would have known this, but I, I was slow to uh, figure it out. It was imitation crab. Uh, it's not real. It is not real. Looks real. Tastes good. Unless you warm it up, and it is not a pleasant experience. So uh, a birthday she'll probably never forget, uh, but maybe not for the right reasons. So it looked good. Initially, it would have been good. But then when you treat it like it's the real thing, uh, it leaves a very funny taste in your mouth. And a lot of times, accountability groups or accountability partners, you don't see the fruit that you would expect to see from these relationships. And when you read about... Uh, this kind of stuff in the Bible, it's like, well, why isn't there greater strength, greater traction when it comes to overcoming sins or making it through different valleys and trials in life? And I'm telling you, I've seen accountability done wrong so many times. And so I just want to share with you guys a couple of things that are counterfeits or imitation and that you need to steer away from. And next week, we will get into the healthy version of accountability um, but look, just to lay the foundation here, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 9, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Uh, there's so much in here, so much in the Word about teaming up and doing life together. And uh, look, I believe in that. A lone soldier... Uh, may be effective in what they're doing, but they're not going to be able to do it for very long. Uh, if they fall or they're overrun by the enemy, there's no one there that has their back. Um, but under this idea of doing life together, of being where if you fall and there's no one there to help you up, there's some interesting dynamics that have grown over time uh, within this idea of accountability, okay? So yes, two are better than one, if those two are doing the right thing and they are the right people. Uh, a lot of times accountability is built around flaws, faults, and failures. And that is not a good foundation for accountability. 
If you find yourself in a relationship with someone or in a group of people, and it is primarily conversations about the flaws and the falls and the, the faults of life where you're always kind of focusing on the downfalls. Uh, that is not a healthy conversation to be having. That's not a healthy relationship. Good accountability groups, good accountability relationships, that will be a part of it, but that will not be the foundation. The foundation should be building each other up in the Lord, sharpening each other, uh, sharing what you've been reading in the Lord, some of the victories and triumphs that you're seeing, not just constant talk about the faults and failures, okay? And so if you find yourself in a relationship or in a group that always kind of sees, talks about, and discusses the downside of life, uh, it's probably not really an accountability group. It may be a gossip group. It may be a fault-finding group. It may be a group that likes to hug each other and tell each other it's going to be okay. Uh, but in the Lord, where God's working and moving, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom from bondage. There's going to be the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, self-control, these things that grow in our lives because God's moving. And if we get stuck and we always find ourselves back in the same place, something's off or wrong. And I don't, I'm not saying it's the people, okay? It's the model. It's not the people, it's the model. A couple of things I want to share and, and just talk about is if you find yourself in a group uh, that is always focused on the same thing month after month after month, and there's not a lot of progress, uh, you may be stuck in the mud with the wrong people. And let me let me explain what I mean about that. And this can be any topic. You could be part of a group and everyone has this common thread of anger. You just have this short fuse and that's what you get together and talk about. It could be uh, that it's just, gosh, always coveting and, and greedy. It could be lust and sexual morality. It could be, you know, pick it. And, and usually there's this common denominator that becomes a topic of discussion. And here's where the problem is. Uh, I remember growing up, and uh, doing a lot of off-roading, had a good friend, Mike, another one, Scott. Uh, but one time we were out off-roading up in this canyon, found this huge mud pit and got his Jeep extreme. I can't even describe how stuck. I've never seen a car stuck so much in my life. The mud was almost coming into the car and it became really, really clear that we were not going to be able to get ourselves out. And sometimes we find ourselves in life in one of those pits where it's like, gosh, I just can't break free from this. What's going on? And so we reach out for help. Now, again, it's not the people, it's the model. If we got Mike's Jeep stuck and we reach out to the guy next to us for help, but he's also stuck, I can't help him and he can't help me. I need someone who's not in the mud to help me get out of the pit. And in the same way, when it comes to life and trials and sin and temptations, if we just talk to the people who are stuck in the same sludge and muck of life, they're probably going to have a hard time helping us out. Not that they don't want to, not that their intentions aren't good and pure, but you need someone who's not in the mud. Now, maybe they never fell into the mud or they were in the mud and they figured out how to get out and now they're experts in getting you out of that. 
Uh, but you need someone who's not stuck at the same time you are, okay? So number one thing, if you're part of a group or a relationship and you're calling it accountability, but you're actually both stuck in the same thing, uh, that's it's not going to work out very well. You're going to be stuck for a lot longer than you want to be. Uh, another dynamic or a layer uh, that's very important to understand is that genuine real accountability uh rarely is forced. It's a lot more natural than we think it is. Um, it can start with some version of formality, a little bit of intentionality, but honestly, the Lord will bring people into your life and over time develop this um, opportunity to be accountable, to have to answer to someone and share life with them. But you cannot be part of a group or relationship that truly is accountable unless they have access to your life. And now before you get too excited and agree, uh, let me explain what I mean. If you and I meet up once a month and you're supposed to be my accountability guy and I say, yep, I'm going to be accountable to you. And maybe I tell you everything about my life. Maybe I don't. And that's kind of where our relationship starts and stops. It really can't be a super vibrant relationship. Genuine accountability comes when someone has access to my life. It's the people around that see my family and I together. It's the ones who know maybe how I'm managing and spending my free time or what I do with my money or the way I operate within church and ministry. It's the people who see a little bit of the behind the scenes. It's not that they're in my living room every day, but they have been there. Uh, it's not that they necessarily have to serve in the same ministry, but they see me around church. It's uh, They know how I am in the workplace, all that kind of stuff. They have real access to my life. So please be careful of that facade, that, that idea. If I tell you everything in a conversation, that means you have access to my life. No, it really doesn't because in an instant, you can flip a switch and choose to leave things out. And today you might say, I would never do that. I hope you wouldn't. But in all reality, we need people who can see into our lives uh, and kind of ask those probing questions because they know the bigger picture, all right? Um, when it comes to this idea, James chapter 5 is I, I really misused often. And uh, please just be slow to this. And this isn't going to be an unfinished conversation. It's not super polished. I understand that. But these are just some key takeaways I really want you to be aware of in James chapter 5, verse 16, a lot of people hang on this, but don't understand what it means. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. A lot of times people reference this, like we're supposed to sit around and all confess. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to tell you all my trespasses, the things I've done wrong against God, all my sins, all my temptations. And if I confess those things, there will be healing. Um, there is a time and a place to walk through this stuff with someone, but what James is talking about is a culture that was incredibly cruel to one another, uh, that the upper class and the lower class were not getting along. There was grand mistreatment, uh, even to the point it was so unhealthy that people were dying because of how cruel and mean uh, the upper-class businessmen were being to the laborers. It was crazy. And great from that, obviously, you could understand great division 
uh, not just within the community, but even the church made up of those people would have been divided. And he says, you need to confess your trespasses to one another, not generally, meaning you need to confess the trespass you've done against your brother. If you've mistreated someone, you go and tell them, I know I've mistreated you. I'm sorry. And then it says you confess your trespasses one to another. And then maybe the worker who hears from his boss, I'm sorry, I've been so hard on you. Uh, and look, if your boss has high expectations, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about mean to the point of people dying, okay, cruel treatment. But a boss comes in and says, hey, I'm sorry, I've been beating you with the whip. I've been crushing you with the hours. I know that other people have been dying. Uh, uh, forgive me. You confess your trespass. And then maybe that laborer turns around and says, man, you know what? I've been gossiping about you and I've been hardening my heart and I've been hating you secretly in my mind. And there's this awesome exchange of confession about the sins towards each other personally. And it says, and pray for one another. So right there, pray for each other that you, the two people who have been sinning against each other, may be healed, that relationship. James 5.16 is actually more about restoration and reconciliation than it is about accountability. So uh, look, go read James 5. Check it out. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, but confess your trespasses one to another and pray for another that you may be healed is not an accountability verse. It is a verse of reconciliation, restoration, forgiveness, um, and really moving forward in healthy relationships. Uh, reality is in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, uh, that we are accountable first to the Lord. Um, you know, I was talking about a minute ago and encouraging you guys, unless you have access to my life, we can't really do accountability. Um, I'm accountable just naturally. I'm accountable to my wife. Hopefully, uh, if you guys get married, you marry someone who has the courage to tell you when they're wrong, or at least when they think something's wrong. Uh, they feel like they have the freedom to bring up controversial topics, to make uh, make it known that there's a a concern. And as hard as that is to hear from someone you love, um, it's very healthy. And I love the fact that my wife will bring up topics that she thinks you know are important or she's questioning or unsure of. Uh, it was hard earlier on to have the humility and give her the room to do that, but I'm so thankful she did it. It was great. So uh, there's a couple of people. I, I'm not accountable to a lot of people just because there's not a lot of people who are in my life and know me that way. But my wife's one. Um, I have a couple friends that just know my family dynamics. They know me personally. They know my my pitfalls. They know the things that light my fuse. Um, and I'm thankful for them because they'll, you know, as I'm sharing stuff, uh, they'll say, you know, I understand what you are saying, but do you think God would say the same thing? Like, well... No. <laughs> and they'll, they'll question my motives. They'll question my statements. They'll question my observations. And it's great. Um, it's great. But it comes from people who have access to your life, uh, not just a conversation around a table. Um, look, 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're told, right, to confront each other. And that's where discipleship groups are great. We're to confront things. Uh, we're to encourage each other, we're to provoke each other towards godliness, we're to build each other up in the Lord, 
there are so many good things that come from a small group, uh, but accountability may or oftentimes may not uh, come from that. So just understand the purpose of your small group. Is it founded upon faults and failures, or is it founded upon truly discovering more and more about Jesus and growing in your faith? Uh, Do the people that you think you're accountable to actually have access to your life? Um, Don't just sit around, confess sins, and feel like that did it, all right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, I think it is. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, talks about this interesting uh, dynamic that there's going to be specks and logs in our life. Uh, it says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove this speck, this little particle of dust from your eye. And look, a plank, that means a beam, is in your own eye. He says, you hypocrites, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Uh, We're supposed to be involved in each other's lives in doing this, but our lives are supposed to be first pure and holy. Then we can help other people become pure and holy. This is the whole, you got to get out of the mud to help people out of the mud, okay? Um, If you are out of the mud, man, start praying. Lord, who can I help? Who can I come alongside? Who can I encourage? Uh, Some closing thoughts here as we kind of land the plane and wrap this up. There is a great difference between accountability, and wise counsel, all right? Uh, If you're in a small group or in a relationship, a friend, um, someone at your church, I I don't know, but there is a place for wise counsel. This is where you need to go seek that person who's got just a few more miles on them in the Lord. They're more mature, they're further along, that walk of faith, and they can kind of show you the pitfalls, get you out of the valleys and over the mountaintops. And so just know there's a difference between accountability and needing wise counsel. Um, There's times even the people I'm accountable to, my wife or those couple of friends that are familiar with who I am and my family dynamics and work dynamics, um, I may be accountable to them, but there may be times where they're not going to be able to give me the answer. I need to go Ask a pastor, someone who's older in the Lord, like, hey, there's this weird dynamic. Um, I think my friend's right. I think my wife's right. I can't figure out how to, you know, shed this thing off my back. What do I do? And get some wise counsel from time to time. As needed, don't become obsessed with it, but as needed, there's safety in that. And the last thing, if you are part of that group that just kind of sits down and regurgitates and is kind of month after month after month stuck in the same thing, please be careful and know this familiarity will end up normalizing our flaws. Again, familiarity will end up normalizing our flaws. You get in a group and all five people have the same problem. Pretty soon it feels like, oh gosh, we all have the same problem there's going to be a subconscious normalizing going on where you're like, oh, yeah, everyone probably has this problem. No, they don't. Just everyone you know does. Uh, Not every guy has a pornography problem. Not every girl has a gossip problem. Uh, Not every person has a greed for riches and wealth problem. Uh, it's, It's just true. Not everyone has the same problem. So be careful. The familiarity can 
unfortunately, normalize your sin. That's not what you want. You want to have a hatred for it where you crucify that sin. Mutilate it is what Paul said to the Colossians. Uh, so look here, accountability uh, versus a discipleship group or relationship, very important. Uh, just to kind of recap a couple things in those groups and those relationships, one, are they founded upon the flaws and faults of life or are they founded upon growing in the Lord and occasionally dealing with falls and flaws, faults? <laughs> uh, not falling for the illusion that they have access to your life because you're real with them in a conversation from time to time. They really do know and see you in that day-to-day -day setting. Um, and guys, just knowing, knowing the relationships, but focusing on Jesus. Don't swap out a relationship for the Lord for relationship with people. First, seek the Lord. Pray, read your Bible, as uh, strange as it sounds, if you don't ever write, journal, uh, I don't care if you type it out, write it out, um, when you go through interesting things, start writing stuff out with the Lord. Search the scriptures. Uh, really, I mean, really pray, uh, which we should get into that in another topic, but seek the Lord first and the Lord's people second, always. But God bless you guys. We'll be back next week talking about the healthy and accurate version of accountability. God bless you.